2: Welcome to the program, one and all. Pleasure to have your company on this Thursday from wherever you're joining us around the United States or around the world, either on the television side or on the radio side. We are super excited because we're only hours away from play getting underway from the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and everything that goes along with it. Now, as you guys may know... Evan Schiller is a friend of the show, and we feature a lot of his content. In fact, we're going to have Evan on the show in not-too-distant future to talk about everything that he does. But when you see some of the photos that he has been sending us and videos of Pebble Beach, it is nothing short of stunning. Take a look at that. I was saying to Dom this morning and Andrew as they were showing me some of this that it's amazing to me that, much of the golf course photography from a master such as evan schiller and and others that do the same trade around the globe. you can see what it's become it's become drone photos and it is both videos from the same and it is photos from the same and you get these perspectives of golf courses, even golf courses that we know very well that's still the seventeenth green you were looking at and here's one of the videos this is the seventh. Green the part the famed par three such as it is that back there on the back that left of that green complex back. look at that it is unbelievable at about eleven o'clock on that one Dom is where from Tom Kite hit that shot with his high lofted wedge back uh, in. The day to win his U S open in 1992 at Pebble beach. So we've got this footage. It is absolutely stunning. And we're looking forward to featuring that uh, today and tomorrow, as we talk about everything about Pebble beach. Now I am on the road. I am not at Pebble beach, but I'm closer to it than I normally am. I'm actually in Scottsdale, Arizona broadcasting to you from our mobile setup inside here in the hotel room Uh, in a, a couple of weeks, maybe less than that. I'll let you know when you can see the feature that I'm working on out here for golf channel and you'll see exactly why we're here and, and what it was all about. But today we wanted to start with something that I think is critically important to the game of golf. And many times in the game of golf, you'll hear people talk about, in fact,
3: Hey, Matty, your audio just dropped. I'm going to jump in there. We just lost Maddie there. His audio dropped. Obviously, his mobile setup there is, is unique, unique situation we're in here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reconnect to Matty here in just a second. He was just talking about a very special guest that we have coming up. And uh, when we come back from this commercial break, uh, Matt will hopefully be rejoining us from Scottsdale Uh, where we can hear him again and then we will welcome in the very special guest and there are some numbers that we're going to share with you that are going to blow your mind about the growth of the game of golf and what has happened and transpired over the course of 2020 so when we come back we will let you know
4: golf plans changed we're here for you drive in fly in French Lick Resort is the perfect spot for your next golf getaway. Our Donald Ross and Pete Dye courses have hosted majors since 1924. Our historic hotels are top flight as well. And know that keeping you safe in this era of COVID is also important to us. Go to FrenchLick.com. Play legendary golf this year. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
2: TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it for ever thegolftravelgroup.com the best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty inspiring designs and refined luxuries stream song resort conveniently located in central florida is unlike any golf experience you've ever had award-winning courses by corin crenshaw tom Doak, and gil hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in florida Awaken your senses then at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless, and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamSongResort.com today to plan your golf trip. That's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better. Do better. Be better. I am here, folks. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Thursday. So impressed, obviously, with the technology that allows us to come to you around the world, both in a radio and in a television format, in this absolute global web of, of digital platforms. But sometimes the technology defies, especially like now when we're on the road and, and we're utilizing Uh, elements of that technology that comes from third parties. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And in that case, it didn't. So I said to Dom, we were in the break and I reconnected. And I said, did you hear what I was saying about the stakeholders? And he said, no. He said, we didn't hear anything. What I was saying was that you heard golf's governing bodies, the USGA and the RNA, when they were talking about the distance report, talking about stakeholders. And to me, the most important stakeholders in the game are not governing bodies. Are with all due respect, are not equipment manufacturing companies. They're not any of those things in terms of hierarchy. They're all important pieces, don't get me wrong. But the most important stakeholders in the game are you. And so what we have planned for you this morning is important because with with a five iron in one hand and a rule book in the other, we, we want you to charge the streets and be equipped with the information that talks to the reality of who and what the game of golf is. And we're talking about the real numbers that represent engagement in the game of golf overall, uh, and even in specific areas. The game of golf right now had an absolutely remarkable surge over the course of the last year. But it should be noted that that surge was along a pathway that was already showing very good numbers. And my next guest is a critically important voice In all of what I just described to you, because the National Golf Foundation, of which he is the CEO, will chronicle these numbers, will track these numbers, and through forums such as this and their own and more, they will disseminate the numbers, as I mentioned, to you and to the world. And I think it's really important for all of us to know the truth so that we can carry that truth forth, because I do realize how easy it is to malign golf. Uh, in various ways, particularly such as it was in a political year. That happens, and it's going to happen. That's 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 just how it goes. But golf, as always, writes its own story. And right now, it is very much a story of continuing success. Joe Bettis is joining us right now, as I mentioned, the CEO. Joe, how are you? Thank you for your patience, and thank you for being a part of the show.
0: Good morning, Matt. I'm doing great.
2: Awesome. The game is doing great as well. Uh, let's. I'm going to cast the net as wide as we possibly can for you to jump into this thing. Could you share with us the good news of what's happening?
0: Well, Matt, as you mentioned, there was a surge last year that, that, followed, a, uh, that followed a drop, a pretty significant drop last year. <clears throat> of course, in, uh, in March and April, uh, we shut down pretty much all of our golf retail. We shut down about, oh, a little better than 50% of our golf courses shut down. Um, mm-hmm. But in May, things came back strong and they continue to come back strong throughout the rest of the year. So rounds played were way up over previous over the same month mm-hmm. the previous year throughout the end of the year finishing up 14%. It's almost 60 million rounds give or take rounds up. Wow. Uh, last year. It's an enormous it's an enormous number. And it's higher than 2 to 3 times higher than anything, you know, we've seen in the last 20 years. Uh, in, our, in our measurements of, of rounds played. At the same time, uh, the number of golfers, total number of golfers both on and off course increased to 37 million. We had a, a yes. rise in off course participants up to about 12 million, and the number of golfers themselves, on course golfers uh, increased by a half a million to 25 million. And that's the largest jump in individual golfers that we've seen in 17 years. So very good uh, numbers there. And when it comes to equipment, you you mentioned the stakeholders, including the manufacturers, when it comes to equipment, equipment as well came roaring back with sales increasing year over year, uh, 10% uh, for the full year after coming out of a, a horrible spring when usually the heaviest sales occur. Well, this year, totally different. The buying cycle for golfers, for your listeners, extended well into the summer and all the way through the end of the year with month-over-month gains over last year in every one of those months. Never seen anything like it ever in terms of the amount of equipment that was sold in the second half of the year. So we come into 21 with a lot of momentum. Uh, We're feeling pretty good about the number of golfers that we have and golf, course, uh, golf courses are healthy. We've got plenty of them. We we ended up the year with just over 14,000 operating golf facilities across the country. 75% of those are public and accessible to everyone. And so we're in good shape to uh, continue our progress here in 21.
2: Absolutely brilliant, Joe. All right, let's uh, first start with, I guess, if you will, a celebration of the obvious. Why was this past year so remarkable? Obviously, it had to do with COVID, et cetera, but I'd, I'd rather hear it in your words as to what clicked.
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> we benefited without a doubt from the environment that we play our game in. It's 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 very conducive to social distancing. Uh, you take my game, anybody who plays golf with me knows that they're hardly ever around me, sometimes on the tee and the <laughs> green. <that's it>. Otherwise... <laughs> Forget it. You don't, you don't need to double mask when you're playing with Joe Bettis. So that outdoor environment was number one. Golf got a lot of positive narrative in the press because of that. And of course that spurs even more uh, activity that's going to, that's going to happen. Uh, and with people working at home, uh, multiple continuous reports from golf course operators told us that you couldn't get afternoon tee times. So Work stay at home workers were getting up early. They were getting their they were getting their work in, and they were slipping out, you know, for late afternoon rounds. And lots of new faces came coming to the golf courses. Again, that was the striking thing that that operators told us is that they were seeing people that they'd never seen before, or that they haven't seen in a really long time. It was a terrific influx of new customers, and. At the same time, I must admit, there was a, a, an outflow like there normally is. There's a certain amount of churn in the golfing population. And mm-hmm. some people stepped away from the game last year. Matter of fact, a lot of people stepped away from the game last year because of the same reasons. So the pandemic or, or the fear of COVID-19, it was a double-edged sword for golf. While it provided an escape for some, others it provided a high anxiety uh, situation. And or a financial hardship that that they couldn't overcome, and that golf had to be cut back uh, for them to uh, spend their money on more important things uh, at home.
2: Sure, sure. Uh, that of course uh, lends itself a hint of hope then to latent demand that that might uh, bloom and flourish on the other side of of this uh, pandemic but let's talk a, a little bit about some of these numbers before we t- start to look ahead in terms of what uh, we can hope for in 2021 and beyond and the first thing i'd like to take a look at it in some of these numbers that you were recounting uh, Joe you guys now measure total reach. In the game of golf, and and how incredibly it is penetrating in the United States. Uh, I, I love the fact that you are doing this now. I love the fact that you are measuring golf the same way that other sports measure themselves, and, and in fairness, and in equity, and, in, and it's a very impressive number at that. So, if I could toss that over to you and talk about just how massive golf is in terms of its reach from coast to coast.
0: Well, yeah, you are showing a number there. Oh, you know, one hundred and eight million. Lots of people who don't play golf watch golf on television, engage with it, and want mm-hmm. either on course or off course, or they read about it, or they watch it on television, etc. So, if we've got 37 million people who, 37 million people who either play either on course or off course, think about 108 million people tell us in our national surveys um, that they engage in golf in some other way, watching it, reading about it, etc. Uh, so. That's one out of three Americans, you know, are engaged in one way or another, either, either in, as a fan or as a participant uh, in, the, in the game.
2: Amazing. Now, when you use the word participant in the game... Uh, this participation is broken down in various categories, and that, too, is a number that was a revelation to many in terms of how strong it was. You were touching on these numbers already, but can we talk about the significance of the definition of participation in the game of golf that thus has led to this revelation?
0: Sure. Well, you know, in days gone by, there were, there were driving ranges, Um, And they were sprinkled all over the country, and they still are, and and some of them in in some very rural places. You know, they were uh, lovingly referred to as stop-and-swat facilities where uh, people would go and get a bucket of balls and enjoy a shot euphoria when they get one launched up in the air. So, but over time, for the past 30 or 35 years, actually going back further than that, we only measured the number of people counted the number of people who actually played golf on a golf course. We did not track the number of people who played away from the course and enjoyed it that way. But about 7 years ago, 8 9 years ago maybe we noticed the you couldn't not notice the emergence of top golf which came into this country about 2006, 2007 and has been growing ever since along with many other Forms of both indoor golf and golf entertainment type settings. So we consider off course participant as somebody who has hit a golf ball, a real golf ball, with a real golf club. So it does not count video, um, you know, engagement. It does not count miniature golf. Although we measure these things, mm-hmm. don't report these folks as golf participants. Although some would argue that we should, and then the numbers would be even bigger. But the mm-hmm. off course. Part- at say Topgolf or a drive shack, um, these folks are hitting a real ball and they're and they're engaging in competitions, etc. Now, what's interesting, I think, is that half of those people that participate at an off course facility like that of the entertainment center are not golfers. You know, it's just as it's just as interesting that say half of them are golfers that play mm-hmm. there. Half of our golfing population of 25 million on-course golfers also visited a top golf last year. So the total number of people who visited a golf course and played at a golf course, 25 million. The total number of people that we estimate participated at a golf entertainment off-course or any off-course location, 25 million, the same number. So it's very significant because of those half of the people who who played, say, at top golf, and I use them almost like we use the word Kleenex to sure. uh, yeah to a, a, a tissue. Um, it includes many others, which we could talk about for, for quite a while. Half of those people say that they're very interested in playing golf on a golf course. Six million people mm-hmm. who say they've not played last year on a golf course but they're interested in doing so just extend that just a little bit over here. When we ask non golfers, non green grass golfers, we ask them a simple question on our national surveys and we do tens of thousands of these online interviews. We ask this question, how interested are you in playing golf on a golf course now? Mm -hmm. And they can say that they are very interested, Somewhat interested, a little interested, or not at all interested? Pretty simple question. Mm-hmm. 17 million of those people who did not play golf on a golf course tell us that they're very interested in doing so. 17 million. Awesome. It said 6 million played at a top golf. So one out of three of what we call latent demand or interested non golfers have some experience already in hitting a golf ball. Uh, that we think makes them even better prospects for the traditional game. I'm sorry, you can just re- ask me one question, I'll take up your whole spot here. So I'm going to shut up. I love up it. No, this,
2: no, no, that's why a- we're having you on here, Joe. We definitely want talker. this information. So. Over 100 million people in America that are being reached by this game of golf, one out of three Americans when you put it into those terms, 36.9 million in participation, whether it's on course or whether it's through these other venues that you're talking about with club in hand hitting a golf ball, it's amazing. How are and you even touched on the latent demand and the interest that's there? How are we doing in specific and critical areas, Joe, in terms of bringing people back in the game, retainment from, from uh, the, otherwise the outflow, women and juniors, for example, minorities into the game? How are we doing in all these important demographic areas?
0: I'm going to split that into two, uh, two answers. In terms of bringing more diversity into the game, we did. We are doing better and better every year. And last year we did really good. The number of females, the number of juniors, the number of non-Caucasians that came into the game—hundreds of thousands in each of those categories—came into the game, uh, which is fantastic. And we want to keep doing that. Six point two million people played golf last year on a golf course who had not done so the prior year. Six point two million. That's enough. To fill the cities of Los Angeles and Houston, this is a lot of people, a lot of prospects that came into that that showed up at a golf course that hadn't been there the year before. And about half of those people had some previous experience with golf. Half of them had no experience in golf. had never had never played golf ever. They were true beginners. So lots of inflow. At the same time, we have lots of outflow. Right, 5.7 million people stepped away for the reasons I I alluded to earlier about you know COVID anxieties, financial stress, parenting responsibilities with home 24-7, et cetera. So it was a give and take, but we came out on the positive side by a half a million. So Mm -hmm. inflow is there. And where we have a bit of a problem, or an opportunity, really, it's an opportunity, not a problem, it's a challenge, is in converting. More of this trial, people coming in and giving golf a try, converting more of that trial, uh, first time experiences or re experiences into more committed golfers. We've got to make it a bit more sticky. And, you know, it's disappointing to me, and it always has been, that the people who need the lessons almost the most aren't the ones that are getting it. Only 10% of people who try golf take a lesson from, uh, you know, a qualified, a proper golf lesson from somebody who's qualified to give them um, a great experience and help them get a ball up into the air, even if it's a even if it's a wedge off a tee on a driving range, to experience the thrill that, that you know that got you hooked of getting that ball and watching that ball fly away from you. There's nothing, I mean, it's what makes golf what it is, really. I think it's what made golf what it is for 500 years. If people never experience that shot euphoria they can't get hooked on golf it's impossible there's no thrill there is no reward for the time and the effort and the embarrassment of being out there so we've got to do a better job of nurturing not just welcoming but nurturing our our new customers and getting them to come back and teaching them how to enjoy the game and making sure i think of you know, one, one thing, that it's okay to be not so good. Most of the people who have left the game, Matt, they've told us that they never felt that they played well enough to enjoy the game. Well, if you don't enjoy something, you're not going to keep doing it. They didn't feel that they were, they played well enough to enjoy the game. They tell us they didn't ever experience shop euphoria. They weren't comfortable being around the golf course. It felt a bit alien to them. They didn't feel comfortable being with golfers. These are not inducements to saying you're down on golf and you're staying with it. So we have to get more of these people through more structured introduction programs. Golfers require, like humans do, they require incubation. They don't just uh, get started, and all of a sudden, and they're on their own, and they can and they can survive. New golfers, not enough, not very many of them can survive without without some help.
2: Do you think, Joe? Obviously, you just alluded to it in terms of uh, counteracting, if you please, the outflow that that the game is subject to. But do you think that the surge that we saw in 2020 in all of these categories, including millennials? Is there a way to keep the good times rolling on the other side of COVID, hoping that people come back to the game, uh, overcoming the variety of reasons that you laid out that they may have avoided it in 2020 and that the people who are absolutely filling the golf courses, including, as you noted, the afternoon tee times, which are always the ones that go open if there's going to be any inventory available. Can we keep the good times rolling?
0: We can if, if we pay attention to the new customers. We pay attention to them. We identify them, first of all, right? I mean, our golf course operators have to say, have to identify this is, it looks like a new golfer. You know, you and I may not be professional golf instructors, but I bet if you and I were out on the practice range and we were walking up and down the T station, you and I probably do a pretty good job of identifying the new golfers. And so we need to be out there on those ranges, helping those folks with their comfort level, helping those folks get the ball airborne. That's the secret. if it is, and it's not much of a secret because some, some of our golf pros and our operators do a great job at that. We just need to get more of them doing it. That is the simple answer to increasing retention. And there is nothing more complicated to it than that.
2: I absolutely love it, Joe. So some some of the key touch points, folks, that we've been talking about with Joe Bettis, the CEO of the National Golf Foundation this morning, is that, The total reach of the game of golf in the United States is measured at 108 million souls right now. That is such a critically important number. And participation is just a tick under 37 million Americans. Those two numbers alone are so significant. But, Joe, the gain in year over year, the fact that what has happened is historic by every measure – is so important for the game of golf. And I guess the last question I would have for you is, we look forward to 2021. Here we are in mid-February, right? What are you the most excited about for the game of golf in the rest of the calendar year that lies ahead? Hmm. Well, uh,
0: two things. One, the number of golfers or the number of non-golfers who came and played on a golf course for the first time was the highest ever. As I mentioned, 6 0.2 0.2 million people came to the golf uh, as v- never having played before, or having had some experience, but wanted to come back to the game. So this huge inflow came. Uh, secondly, a huge number of people stepped aside because of the pandemic. Right? One way or the other it was uh, there were anxieties or pressures uh, related to the pandemic. So we got two things going for us then don't we going into 21. First, with that huge inflow, even if we didn't improve the way we retained golfers, retained these new new folks, even if we didn't improve it, we'll see an increase. We should see an increase in 21 just because there were way more of them last year. Now we can amplify that by doing an even better job of retaining more of those people, a higher percentage than we normally do. Secondly, as, as the, uh, the problems associated with the pandemic begin to diminish, that, again, record number of people who stepped away, they've told us in our surveys with those same folks, they've said they're very interested in coming back. In other words, they're not gone for good. They're gone just for this short period of short period of time. So we should see re-entry by those folks. Again, it was a record number. So that's the biggest thing we've got going for us. We got to have fingers crossed for you know weather to be as good as it was last year as well. And uh, that being said, we should be able to continue the momentum or some of the momentum, not all of it, but we'll continue some of the momentum that we, we had last year.
2: I love it, Joe. And with everything you just said, Palms Press, too, that we also get on the other side of this pandemic with the, the, the vaccines and everything else that goes along with it as quickly as possible so we can continue this, this trend and this growth. Thank you. For all that you you guys are doing, everyone on the National Golf Foundation for the game of golf. Uh, thank you for your efforts over many years now in in nurturing this game. So critically important to get these this word out. Anytime you need to and we can help you with it, please let us know. But thank you for your time today as ever.
0: Always good to see you, Matt, and thanks, Dominic, as well. So, okay, adios, guys.
2: See you. Thank you. That was Joe Bennett, who's the CEO of the National Golf Foundation, pjtoursuperstore.com uh, One of the things that Joe was talking about that kind of Struck in my mind was what he was talking about these qualified teachers to help you learn the game better. Well, at the PJ Tour Superstore, you can do that. I mean, not a lot of people realize it's not just America's number one golf retailer, it's also a place where you can get your game worked on so that you know exactly what's best for you when it comes to the equipment side of your game as well. Lots of times you'll have instructors that will say, you know what, before we do a club fitting, let's try to work uh, a little bit here and there on the game. And the reason why is because they want to make sure that they're measuring you with pop, proper club head speed, proper ball speed, proper launch angles, et cetera, et cetera. for more information on that. touredge.com. You can find Tour Edge products at the PJ Tour Superstore. You can see them on their website and you can see all the wonderful stuff that we were talking with David Glott about just uh, yesterday. It's amazing to see what they have to offer a couple of days ago, actually what they have to offer across the line, including their E and their C series of the 521, including the new 721 series which the news got out the other day, and everybody saw what we were talking about on the show when when David broke that news with us. Beautiful, beautiful product, and it's within reach of everyone. You don't have to remortgage the house to do it. Check it out at touredge.com. These beautiful shots are what's going to happen today. Now, one of the names that everybody will be watching today will be that of Jordan Spieth, We will hear from Jordan, not kidding, on the other side of this. And if you thought Brooks was impressive the other day because of his candor and his honesty and the way that he assessed everything going on in his world, wait till you hear from Jordan Spieth after this. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses, and they're all in one place... experience. Log on to boingolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital.
4: It's likely that the world's greatest links golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices pint and music at a cozy pub, but most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't traveled from home, but have returned to it. Visit ireland.com to get started. Golf plans changed? We're here for you. Drive in. Fly in. French Lick Resort is the perfect spot for your next golf getaway. Our Donald Ross and Pete Dye courses have hosted majors since 1924. Our historic hotels are top flight as well. And know that keeping you safe in this era of COVID is also important to us. Go to FrenchLick.com. Play
2: legendary golf this year.
4: Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
2: What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to pjtoursuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Thursday. I'm on the road coming to you live from actually inside of the hotel room uh, here in Scottsdale. And like I said, in a week or two, I'm not exactly sure when the feature is going to air. You'll see what I'm out here for in Golf Channel. Uh, And Dom was telling me in the break that when my audio went down at the start of the show, I guess I was just blabbing away and you guys couldn't hear me. So, Dom... how, what were you going to do there were you just going to jump in and and start talking for me like like some old movie like uh, he said we're very happy lip sync is off
3: basically that whole thing was a monumental error by me i mean yes your audio what? broke and your setup is you didn't cause the audio, audio to go but.
2: down <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes but i was so i'm sitting in the studios and i'm with you know we got andrew in there and and I'm like, you, you're, what happened was you were going like this. Nothing was coming out. But you couldn't even hear them. And I was like, Andrew, we can't hear them. And Andrew was like, yeah, man, his audio went down. And instead of us immediately <laughs> reacting, I was just like, well, what are we supposed to do? This sucks. Because I wanted to save the Jordan Spieth that we're going to play here in just a bit. Because his press conference was about 23, 24 minutes long. And you know Ooh. how I am. I listen to every second so you guys don't have to. And I I make a diamond out of it. I find, I find every juicy tidbit in that entire 23 minutes, and I turn it into a little piece of gold. And that's what we're going to play for you in a little bit here. It's like a good solid 10 minutes of Jordan Spieth that is spectacular. Everything that he says is honest. It's candid. It's interesting. It's absolutely worth your time. To hear that? And I, I didn't want to waste that right awesome. out of the gate, especially seeing as I was no, talking no, no, to no, Joe no, Meditz, who was awesome, who's standing by waiting to talk to us. I'm not going to pop my <laughs> mic on and say, I don't know where I happened to Matt. Here's Jordan Spieth. So I was just sitting there, no, I'm and you did. were not. You were talking to nobody. It was all dead air. And I'm just like, hmm, I don't know what to... <laughs>
2: my best stuff ever.
3: <laughs> so it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. It was awful. It was, I really handled that very poorly. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe next time it'll be better. Plus, I always feel weird. I know Matt says this to me all the time. He's like, Dominic, just, you do it. Just turn your mic on. You yeah. host. You do the interview. You do that. I'm so yeah, uncomfortable you're doing that. No, it's not my role. No, I'm no, no good fine. at it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I know no, no, you're fine. And so you're, I'm you're just very like, good at it, but... uh, uh, his
2: audio is no good. Let's go to break. Andrew, hit the break. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> the universal producer default. All right. Not a problem. You did a good job, Dom, <laughs> with all of it. I, I thought Joe was great, by the way. Uh, I was saying to Dom in the break, that information that Joe shared with us is so critically important. I wish that the National Golf Foundation and they have everybody on their board. If if you're anybody, you know, you if you look through their board and saw all the time, I'm pretty sure, uh, Dom, isn't Annika in charge of the whole thing right now? Of the World Golf Foundation's board, you know if I'm not now mistaken? That, now that
3: I mention it, or you mention it, because she is joining us tomorrow. She just got named something. Hold on. I have a note about that. She's the that. chair. Yeah, she's the chairman of
2: – She just
3: chair named the chairman of something. I'm not sure if it was the NGF. No, the IGF. That's what she got named. She appointed – she's the president of the IGF. Yeah, but that's the International
2: <laughs> Golf Federation, which is – it, it, again, they're all connected, this web. So what I'm saying is, is I wish that there was some way – Whether it was an ad campaign or, I mean, if they gave it to us, I would run it. Um, I hope that that's, you know, Golf Channel or NBC or CBS would all feel the same. Maybe go through the PGA Tour and get their their buy-in on it or what have you uh, for PGA Tour Live, et cetera. I just wish there was a way that they would put together that message and pound that message home because... I guarantee you that not all of us as golfers, as people who love the game and want to see it flourish and get stronger. I guarantee you that we don't all know the data that was just shared. And I think that as the, obviously the people that are listening to us uh, around the United States and around the world or watching us uh, through, through the same, they are the core golfers. Otherwise they wouldn't be paying attention to a golf talk show that's in these mediums. So, I think if we could continue to pound home that message it's going to only strengthen the reality of the game because uh, as you guys know it's something that that I've been pushing for for years and years and years that the game be measured correctly when you know when I knew we were up against the, the NFL NBA Major League Baseball National Hockey League NASCAR And, for example, NASCAR at the time was measured as a sport with an audience of a demographic of 75 million, and golf was measured as a demographic of roughly 25 million. We were 50 million apart, and I said, what is that? Are every one of those 75 million out driving a stock car? And I love NASCAR, but I'm just telling you the way it was measured was wrong. And so by using the same criteria, that's how they came up with this number of 108 million Americans, one out of three that are actively engaged in the game of golf in some way. It touches their lives in some way. Uh, And that I think that number is so critically important. Uh, The fact that the participation number is nearly 37 million. These are numbers that people, golfers, need to know because the best salesmen you have for anything that you do are people who are currently doing it. So I I loved it. And I hope it continues to remain strong, and I hope that all of you enjoyed what you just heard and what we just learned, and I hope that we continue to carry that information forth. Uh, BioFit360.com, we are honored to be associated with the same because we know that many of you are experiencing discomfort in whatever variety, whether it's your ankles, uh, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your back your elbows, your wrists, you name it. Uh, You're an athlete. If if you play golf, you've experienced some measure of pain. Well, BioFit360.com can help you with the same. They can even help you sleep better, which has a direct correlation to pain as well. And all of it has a direct correlation, of course, to performance. And as Joe was pointing out, performance leads to what he was calling a golf euphoria. When you hit that perfect shot, it keeps you coming back. Time and time again, BioFit Three Hundred and Sixty has found a way to extract the hemp oil from, uh, from the, the plant, and they uh, advised with over one thousand medical professionals to make it happen. So, the the CBD from that hemp plant—I should be be more specific. So, BioFit Three Hundred and Sixty dot com is a website where you can go on and see everything that they have to offer to make you feel better. Featured group coverage you can see on the television screen. If you're watching, is on the TV side. Kim Day, Cantley, Spieth, Taylor, Fowler, Mickelson. Homa, Casey, Molinari, Snedeker in sync, respectively, in those threesomes. Now, to Jordan Spieth, in a second, you're going to hear from Jordan. You heard Dom talking about the fact that he sharpened this to a diamond, uh, a diamond that glows as well. And the reason why is because of who Jordan is, the honesty that he addresses the world with. And we were just talking about that a lot. And that's not new from Jordan Spieth, he's been that way from the beginning. Uh, Rory's been that way from the beginning. Uh, whether those two influenced other golfers in terms of the fact that we're in an era right now where the vast majority of the players will tell us exactly what they're thinking. Did you see the ratings remarkable. from Jordan? The, 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 the ratings, did you has. say?
3: Yes. Oh, you mean, the you impact mean like that he has. almost Tiger-like the ratings? The like ratings for the final round of the Waste Management Phoenix Open were th- the average tour event outside of like the Masters, right, the big tournaments – just for folks, the ratings, if you will. It's about 2 million mm-hmm. people. That's kind of what's what watches golf on Sunday. Compared Sunday, to
2: what, a, a regular NFL game is about 14 million, I believe?
3: It's close. to Not playoffs, 16 million, not Super yeah. Bowl.
2: Or 16. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's like 15, 16 million for like a, a big football game on a Sunday. Um, just to show you a little bit of a divide there. But that's fine. That's always been there. But what I'm getting at is um, the impact that Jordan has, because you're talking about – uh him and we're hearing from him and how he's been playing and and what happens when he does play. And the number for the waste management Phoenix Open was 3.7 million, which is Ooh. almost double the average. Now, that was a that was obviously a boost to to those ratings in general. I mean, they were up 30 or 40% or something from last year's waste management Phoenix Open, but it shows you when Jordan's in a lead in the final round, I mean, that's not a tiger number, but that's a serious boost. And you don't traditionally see that boost with a Phil Mickelson or a Brooks Kepka. That stands alone, which is interesting.
2: Right. Or a Rory or a needle. DJ. Yeah. It's, it's, he moves the needle. I mean, golf, social media went crazy over the weekend as well. And a lot of people were noting that that level of excitement, that level of enthusiasm, that level of engagement is a Tiger-Jordan thing, that there is that level of popularity. Now, again, as Dom noted, we're not suggesting he's to the Tiger level yet, but the level that he's at is pretty darn impressive. Now, in terms of where you can get your coverage so that you can participate in these numbers uh, for maybe a second week in a row, maybe Jordan will continue to get it done. We're going to hear from him in a second and the prospects of the same. But coverage of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am will be on Golf Channel today. There you can see the airtime at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We have it for you at the exact same time, same bat channel, tomorrow at 3 p.m. And then over the weekend, uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. on Golf and 3 p.m. on the Mothership of NBC. Same on Sunday, 1 and 3 p.m. respectively, those days. Okay, so we're going to take you now to Jordan Spieth and his remarkable comments addressing the media yesterday right up to the end of the show. So thank you for your company. It was always a delight to to hang out with you. Please let's spread the word of what Joe was talking about because I think it's so critically important to the game of golf that we define ourselves correctly lest we be defined by others who don't always have the best interests of the game at heart. And we're going to hear what's in the heart of Jordan Spieth as he gets ready to compete later on today so with that have a great weekend we'll see you again on monday and we send you off to jordan spieth
1: yeah it's it's pebble beach it's it's what's not to love as a golfer here so uh i've i've loved this tournament obviously finding success at this tournament has been really really cool just as a golf lover and a you know someone who enjoys the history of the and the architecture of you know golf courses so um I, I'm happy that it's been good to me over the years and, you know, come in this year with uh, the courses playing a bit different. Uh, Spyglass, at least on the greens yesterday, I thought they were a foot and a half plus faster than they normally are in tournament speed, and this was a Tuesday. And then uh, Pebble was certainly firmer, and the tee boxes seem to be using a lot of the U.S. Open tee boxes um, unless they're going to move stuff around. So it's it's a lot longer hitting lot longer shots into some of those small greens making it certainly more challenging so it's uh it's a little different this year I think I think you got to think your way around the golf course more uh, both of them Um, you can't miss in certain spots I think of course knowledge really serves you well so I'm excited that it is potentially more of a challenge this year I'm excited that the greens are faster than they normally are and I'm sure some pins will be a bit different given you know, without the amateurs here, you know, you're not really watching out for for that and instead can make them quite a bit more challenging. So uh, it's, I think it's a different year than, you know, obviously it's a a weird year not having the pro-am be a part of it, but um, I think it's going to be a unique experience in that we can see the course more similar to major championship conditions uh, even, you know, in February uh yeah it's a, it was a nice confidence boost. I love that I trusted what I was working on all four rounds, knowing that you know it wasn't necessarily going to fully be there um and I think that kind of trust and that belief just just pays off i mean when you when you stick to something and and you start working at it, it feels a little better each day that you do it when you're doing it correctly but um even more so, you know you just think kind of the golf gods will reward you for and and that's what happened on on uh, Saturday you know the chip in and some long made putts at the end but um, I think that was more just kind of just just a reward for kind of the work that's that I've been putting in and it was really nice to see a low round like that and to be able to continue to take it deeper and deeper as the day went on Um, so rounds like that are big you know big confidence boosters because going low no matter where you are on the PGA Tour is very difficult to do and Um, and then, you know, very disappointed off of Sunday. I just, I know standing on the first tee that, you know, I don't necessarily have the control that I've had other weeks where I've been in that same position. Um, but I knew it was close enough where I could get the job done and I just didn't make anything. I just didn't adjust to the speed of the greens. I left a lot of putts short, not even off of, you know, I had nerves to start, but I didn't really feel the nerves on the greens. I just didn't adjust to the speed. Um, like I did the day before, and um, that's really what it came down to. I think I had 35 putts because I one-putted the last two holes, and that's just very unusual for me, no matter the round or the situation. So um, do some extra work on speed control here, make sure I'm a little more more dialed in, but these greens seem to fit me better over the years than, than the ones in Phoenix. So um, again, confidence boost, but a bit disappointed coming off Sunday. The biggest thing for me was embracing and feeling comfortable with those nerves. And I, that's how, that's how I remember it. Um, And that's how, that's, that's the goal is to where I feel almost a level of comfort in the nerves as, as odd as that is um, almost just excitement and adrenaline versus the, the, oh shoot, you know, what if um, feel. And I was battling a bit of that, right? Because it had been a while and I knew that I didn't, I, I didn't and don't necessarily have um, yet my, my best control of the golf ball. Um, but I knew that if I stuck to the game plan, I had enough results that week and certain just about every different shot that's needed to be hit in order to, to shoot a solid round and win the golf tournament. So that, that part was exciting. So it was a little bit of, um, and in, in every single, every single tournament that I've had the lead in or been close on a Sunday, I've had nerves and, and everybody does. Um, it's just, you know, to what extent and how quickly can you settle into the round and and how, How positively can you look at that as, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's definitely been a few years, uh, which is very weird because there wasn't a time period where I didn't believe in what I was working on prior to that from when I was 12. So, uh, it's, uh, which has been tough, right? Because, you know, you go out and put in all the hours, but if you're not necessarily, one, fully trusting what you're doing, and two, it's, it's maybe not exactly what you need to be doing. You're, you're moving, you're putting in hours going the wrong way. So, you know, that's just extra time that it takes to once you're going the right way to be able to, to get things back to where you want. So getting over kind of scar tissue of certain holes and rounds that you've played at at different places where you just didn't have it that day um, versus being able to just draw back on positive memories for a number of years at places is, is something that is a, a, a new and, and different challenge over the last couple of years. But once you start to see, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, get a little bit of confidence, you know, you just want to kind of stick with what you're doing and, um, keep the train rolling and, and, uh, kind of reverse that trend. So for me, you know, there's, there's a number of things, there's a number of things that I got off on mechanically. And it was very frustrating because I felt, you know, just as competitive and, um, felt in just the same, same, um, I was still, still me, still the same me. I just, would take the club back and feel lost. So, um, kind of feeling making some significant adjustments starting really last fall through this winter, uh, to, to kind of get back to my DNA, uh, has been, you know, a process that has taken a lot, you know, a lot of hours and still will. And now I'm able to, you know, try it out and trust it on the golf course and make the adjustments necessary because you can only, you know, on a driving range, it's, it's real easy to, to almost overdo things um, the direction you're trying to, to, to go to, but on the golf course you know it's what level of trust will I have out here so um, fortunately I'm on the PJ tour and I'm able to look back on swings that were made from good angles and and um, and trust that Cameron's like, okay, I saw what you're doing here a little more of this, a little less of that you know uh, and and we can move forward that direction.. Okay. Well there's yeah, I mean there's there's quite a few things. I think most importantly it's just getting the club into the hitting position to where I feel like I can kinda of turn and burn and I can get over to my left side and clear out and feel like I don't have to use my hands as much and um and don't and don't get stuck. So there's a there's, there's quite a yeah, there there is um, quite a few things but ultimately it's about feeling nice in front of it and feeling like, you know, you're kinda of hitting the ball with your pivot versus Having to kind of back up and use your hands. I mean, it's just too hard to be consistent out here doing that. Yeah, I think for the first, first little bit of time it was i uh, you know, is um, I think that, you know, even friends on tour are probably like, all right, you know, just struggling for a year or something. And then people are reaching out saying, you know, I see this, or I'm at, you know, it, it's kind of a tough thing, you know, because um Even some of my best friends out here on tour, I play a lot of practice rounds with. uh, They want to help, but you don't want to overstep, right? So it's kind of a tricky situation. But um, anyone that I would reach out to, I was probably too stubborn and waited too long to probably reach out to people that I definitely could have for just help in um, whether it's certain areas of the game or just getting through kind of areas of, you know, down years or something like that. I would probably, I probably was just a bit too stubborn on that when there are a lot of people willing to help that are super friendly that have gone through, you know, I guess somewhat relatable situations out here. So, um, with a bit of friends, um, friends kind of stepping in and, and, um, and offering help to, um, myself doing some more reaching out and just kind of letting my guard down a little, kind of letting the walls down and, um i think that kind of combination kind of helped free me up a little bit to you know hey for me it's when i'm when i was when i'm when i've been struggling it's very public right i mean it's it's very aware if i had if i had just kind of been 120th on the fedex cup every year it would have been pretty easy to have a couple off years um but instead it just gets heightened and so it's about just kind of just being myself um not caring about uh how heightened it is, but instead allowing, you know, the belief in the system belief in my age saying, you know, you you could start at 27 and have an unbelievable career. Um, so let's just take our time, make sure we're getting on the right path. It just took a little longer than I would have liked. And I feel like I'm on the right path. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have massive success immediately. Um, I saw a little bit of it last, a little bit of success last week. Um, But for me, it's about the feels more than it is the results. And I know when it starts to feel a certain way that the results follow. And and that's what I'm trying to tap into.